Welcome, Wildcats, to Weber State Weekly, a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, a man whose last Hail Mary to get zoo tickets totally failed, Colby Peterson. On the pot today, we have a man whose biggest Hail Mary was offering his now wife an extra slice of pumpkin bread when he worked at Old Grist Mill, Dustin Chapman. That, uh, that pumpkin spice bread is responsible for me being married and being a wonderfully uh, married man of two children. So thank you, Old Grist Mill. Next, a man whose 15-year-long Hail Mary throw to purchase his wife's dream home is still up in the air, Sean Lewis. We've got the fingers on the ball. We've jumped up. We just need to see if we can stick the landing and hold on to it and control the catch. And finally, we've got a man whose last Hail Mary came on Doris Guida Stevenson's Global Macroeconomics final exam in the NBA program, John King. Yeah, my parents who are big fans of the shows probably won't be too happy with hearing that, but I still manage to be plus in the class, so does it really matter? <laughs> well, hey, if it helps, that's that's the toughest class in the NBA program, and anybody who's taken that program will tell you the exact same thing. It's a tough one, so hats off to you. So on today's show, we're going to be doing a couple of things. we got a football interview with senior wide receiver Rashid Shahid. He had a front row seat to the Hale Malone, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that, plus his um, fifth kick return for a touchdown, um, just most dangerous man in the country. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Then we're going to be moving on to a coach's interview. We've got head volleyball coach Jeremiah Larson, who received word today that he is coach of the year in the Big Sky Conference. So we're going to talk to him a bit about that. And finally, we're going to be playing a game called Hot, Hot Heat. I'm going to give this panel an opportunity to give me their hottest takes. We're going to be grading those takes, and whoever comes up with the most points at the end of the round will get some face time. So before we get into all of that, we want to encourage everyone, if you haven't already, please subscribe uh, to the show, whether that's you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher helps us with our numbers, helps us find the way our way and climb up the rankings, find our way into the ears of other Wildcat fans. We're also on social media. You can get us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And then also we uh, have a Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. You can support our work there as we continue to try and build cool experiences and provide good coverage to you folks and uh, do our best. All right, Wildcat fans, uh, really grateful to be joined now by senior wide receiver Rashid Shahid. He's uh, grateful that he is willing to come back on to Weaver State Weekly to talk to us about uh, how this game went, because it was a weird one. But uh, we had a lot of highlights, especially from Rashid himself. So Rashid Shahid, welcome back to Weaver State Weekly. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Rashid, I wanted to kind of start out the conversation by uh, talking about that that touchdown catch that you were able to haul in this time, you know, uh, couple weeks ago you had gotten a a catch similar to like that and uh didn't didn't quite go our way uh weren't weren't able to haul it in kind of had to stretch out there and but not this time uh you were able you were targeted for a deep throw this week and made sure to haul it in so take us through that progression this time and kind of what made it successful for you this time around uh we'll start off randall um threw a great ball um he threw it up there for me and um he put great air and velocity and it just landed in the perfect spot you could say i was interfered with or just whatever but he put it in a great spot, and I came down with it. It was a it was a play that we've been working on, and uh, he just trusted me to be in the right spot at the right time. So it worked out perfectly. I was going to say I agree that I think you were a little bit interfered there because um, you know when when, I, when we were watching the play happen, it, it looked like maybe you know the, the defender had kind of fallen into your legs or something like that. I was like, oh, I was kind of watching for a flag, but didn't get it, and uh, it didn't matter because you ended up catching catching the ball anyway, and it was all good. So good right. to see that happen. So Rashid, I wanted to ask you. It seems like you've been getting a lot of single coverage this year, which seems like a mistake to me <laughs> to leave you, to leave you in single coverage against anybody. 
why are defenses doing that, at least from what you can see on the field? Why is that happening? Uh, well, I think it's happening because they have to respect so much more of our of our game. You know, our run game, they have to respect Josh, they have to respect our tight ends, Justin Malone, and all those guys, Tyler McPherson. Uh, they have to respect that. And uh, defenses, you know, fear our big playability. And I feel like um, the more defenses play this way, uh, the more opportunities we'll have as an offense. So I feel like that's uh, the main reason why. Rasheed, you know, what, 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 two kind of two questions here, you know, both kind of being around the, uh, um, the Hail Mary play. How do you, do you guys practice those situations at all during the week or like you know what 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 do you guys kind of do to work on a play like that you know during practice? Right. Uh. So every Thursday during our walkthroughs, um, you know, pre getting getting ready for uh, the game, uh, we do that every single Thursday. Uh, we practice it, and um, it's we never thought that we would actually have to do it in a game, or you know, it's always good to have that ready or and and practice so when it, it does come in the game um it's it's just routine and it's it's crazy how it happened and um yeah that's we do we definitely do practice it so i feel like that's how we we knew where to be and the spots um to be at and be in the right time so and, and and then does that does that play have a specific call or do you guys just get in the huddle and be like all right everybody the end zone last one there's a rotten egg type situation uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, we just call him Hail Mary and, you know, we're, we're throw it up and see who comes down with it. So it's all a prayer. Rashid, uh, uh, to that end or to that point, um, I know in the stands uh, when when NAU scored that touchdown, they'd gone on a four minute long drive to score with 17 seconds left and made what I thought was the good coaching decision and kicking out of bounds, keeping it out of your hands because you'd already burned them for, for a long TD on a kickoff uh, to open the second half. I know in post game, a lot of the the players were saying that you never doubted that, that we would win. Uh, But really was there just even a, a modicum of doubt there when, when when you're just seeing that team that had you'd led the entire game just just take that lead on you right yeah it, it was tough it was tough to see them take that lead with only about what 17 seconds left you know looking at the scoreboard and you know you just kind of think like wow they're really that really is happening right now just just for a quick second and then you realize yeah. okay there's still there's still play left there's still time left we got to do what we got to do and um, what was the message from the coaches right in that moment um in that moment you know, when they picked up those two penalties and we got the ball on the 50-yard line, um, we we knew we saw the shot. We had to get at least 20 yards, um, at least to get our field goal kicker some yardage. Um, it didn't exactly work out that way, but um, that, that definitely did help us in the field position game. And um, it allowed Randall to, you know, be close enough to throw that ball. So. That definitely helped us out a lot. Yeah. So, Rashid, you had a kind of a front row seat to that play. You know, you were standing just behind uh, Justin Malone as the ball came down. And, uh, you know, nobody in the stands really knew what was happening until, really until you guys in the in the end zone signaled. Yeah. So kind of take us through that progression right. as the ball comes down. And, it, you know, it's yeah. just a, it's everyone's jumping. Take us through that. You know, kind of what was going through your guys' mind and, you know, take it through right. slow-mo for us. Right. So as I was running down, Randall threw the ball so high that I really couldn't even, and the, the sun was in my eyes and everything. So I really couldn't see the ball. It's, it's funny. Um, I just kind of saw where everyone was and I just made sure to get behind everyone. Cause that's me. That's where I knew where I had to be, but I really did not see the ball until Justin Malone was laying on the ground with the ball in his hands. And when I saw that he had the ball in his hands, I just, 
I lost it and it, yeah. it just all went, uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I can honestly say I did not see the ball for one second. If the ball was tipped, I'm not even sure if I would have been able to see and see it and catch it <laughs> because the sun, it'll, he threw it so high, the sun was right in my eyes and, you know, fortunately Justin was able to come down with it. And then, yeah, as soon as I saw the other ball in his hands on the ground, I just, we all just erupted with happiness. I, I want to ask you a question uh, about you and your game personally. Um, what's more thrilling for you, um, the catching the long touchdown pass or the long kickoff return for a TD, uh, especially when there's no holds? Um, I would have to say the kickoff return. I just feel like it brings a whole different, you know, dynamic to the game and um, it gets the team going and everybody, you know, just – the timing of it was, I feel like, was pretty good coming right out of half. Um, we just needed that that spark to come right out of halftime, so I feel like that was um, the perfect time to have that type of play. Um, both plays were pretty significant to the game, but I just feel like that one was a little more significant. Was the fake res- reverse part of the game plan on that kick? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was the first time we've ever called the reverse uh, kick in my, my years here, and it worked out perfect. So something we practiced all week, and it worked out. And um, when this plan, I'd have to say, Rashid, as a, as a spectator in the stands watching the fake reverse, I, you know, I totally took the bait and I'm watching Josh Davis. I'm like, oh, yeah. OK. And then before I know it, you're crossing the 40. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, <laughs> it's over there. Right. It's over there. Yeah. So, I mean, I could see how NAU would totally, you know, take the bite. But uh, wow, what, what a great play by you, man. And, you know, and then as, once you cross the 50, we're just looking for flags on the ground, right? We're just looking like, no, no, no. Oh, this man, he's, he's going, he's going. And uh, luckily, like you said, you were able to take it all the way in. And uh, I think, I think like we noted that that was your fifth, fifth in your hit in your career, um, returning a kick, a kickoff for a touchdown. So congrats on that, man. That's, that's big time. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This is one, one more question for me. Um, you know, Ever since Coach Hill's kind of been uh, been at Weber State, you know, kind of talking about the 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 fake reverse, you know, he's always been kind of he's always been very creative on the special team side of the ball, a lot mm-hmm. of fake punts, a lot of fake field goals. So, like, is that something that you guys particularly enjoy, you know, taking part of? Like, do you guys really enjoy like when he gets creative on the special team side of the ball, or like what does the team think about those kinds of things? Yeah, we love it. Um, it's a, it's opportunity for us to you know steal a possession anytime we can. Um, it seems like almost every week we have a new type of fake plan for different type of schemes and different type of teams. So um, anytime the fakes do come around, we we expect to execute them because we work so hard on, at them in practice. And um, yeah, they're super fun. They get the the crowd into it, you know, the team into it. You know, anytime we get a chance to convert on the fourth down in a in a cool way, you know, it's always a, a good spark. So I got to say, we love watching it, and so. Um really appreciate you know those kinds of crafty plays uh really interesting helped keeps helps to definitely to keep the game interesting and we all know that jay hill usually has something like that up his sleeve so i'm sure for you guys it also keeps the game interesting as well yeah so Rashid Jaheed, thanks so much for coming on weaver state weekly we appreciate you man we'll be many of us will be making the trip down to cedar city this weekend to see you take on the rival suu thunderbirds uh that game will be at 2 p.m i think think right is that kick yes i believe Mm -hmm. yeah game will be at 2 p.m down at Eccles coliseum in cedar city um of course if you can't make the trip game will be on pluto tv so be sure to check that out and um who knows maybe rashid will get his sixth in that game so rashid shaheed thanks again for coming on weaver state weekly thank you guys for having me appreciate it guys
Hey, Wildcat fans. This episode of Weber State Weekly is sponsored by Wildcat Rack. If you're looking for one-of-a-kind, officially licensed Weber State apparel, Wildcat Rack is the place. All the designs and apparel are made right here in Weber County by people who know and love the purple and white. Check out the latest designs by going to their website, wildcatrack.com, and be sure to follow them on Facebook and Instagram for new designs and sneak peeks as they become available. Now, back for more Weber State Weekly. All right, Wildcat fans, we want to thank Rashid Shahid for taking a little bit of time to come back to Weber State Weekly and talk about the Hale Malone. What a great play in Wildcat history. I think it's going to be one that goes down uh, in the in the annals of time as uh, one of the greatest plays in Wildcat history. So now we want to shift gears to volleyball and want to talk about a hot the hot program we have on campus right now. We are currently, you know, seeing uh, one of the greatest probably performances ever in, in Wildcat volleyball history. And so we wanted to welcome... Head, ba- uh, head volleyball coach Jeremiah Larson back to Weber State. We'll get to talk a little bit about what's going on as we get ready for the conference tournament this week. Head coach Jeremiah Larson, welcome to Weber State Weekly once again. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it. I wanted to start there, Jeremiah, with uh, last week. We learned after, after the winning the first uh, match against Montana State, we learned that the Wildcats would be the regular season for champs for the first time in program history. And obviously there was a lot of talk in post game shows about that's not necessarily the goal, you know, jobs not done looking for more than that, but a nice accolade to put in the trophy case. Talk to us a little bit about that, about that moment for you guys, because it's been a long run to get to this point and uh, you're there and now we're, we're ready for tourney time. I think it was, um, I think when you're in the middle of the grind, you don't really think too much about it, but for sure we felt, some hidden pressure when it came to that last that first night you know I think some we knew that it was an important thing to try to clinch that that first game and and we did and and played decent volleyball didn't play our best but we played our played decent and and then I think that just relieved a lot of the pressure as you saw the second night we kind of came out with a little more a little more um inner a little more focus I think you know a little a little less distracted with the pressure but I couldn't be happier for my my kids they like I said, most of them were kids that we recruited a long time ago. I mean, Ryland was the first recruit I've ever committed when I got here. And, and Sam and Ash, just a bunch of kids that just believed in what we were selling when we first got here when we weren't very good and just trying to sell that, hey, give us time and we'll develop you as a player and as people. And, and by the time you're done here, you're competing for championships. And, and to see them actually not just compete, but actually get a regular season championship was was just a kind of a fulfillment of all their hard work. And so I couldn't be more happy for them because they believed in me when probably a lot of people shouldn't have. And that, that means a lot to me that they kind of risked their college careers on this guy. And we made it work. So happy for them, happy for all the hard work they've done. So it was a good day. Yeah, they believed in you so much so that uh, we got word after um, that well, it was a little bit strange that last second match in the set, uh, no senior night. And, uh, you know, uh, our correspondent AC noted that, that, huh, strange thing. And later we got news that, in fact, the seniors on this, you know, terrific Wildcat squad would be returning for the fall to play one more time in purple and white. So talk to us a little bit about that decision and how that kind of affects you and the program. Obviously, it's a good thing for continuity, uh, but you know, has a little bit of an effect on recruiting as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, so when COVID kind of hit, we kind of saw some writing on the wall a little bit. So we talked, I mean, this was a long time ago, and not too many people know this, but it was probably in July, I started talking to Ashlyn and Sam and Ryland, that it was possible that 
they were they might not come back. They might be able to come back. Um, and so, yeah, they, we talked about it. They made it work with their academics. Um, Ash is delaying her graduation for a semester. Ryland is too, and and Sam is in grad school. So it all worked out wonderfully. We held on to some scholarships for them, and next thing you know, like they postponed the season and gave them an extra year, and everything worked out perfectly. So. Um, I'm grateful that they believed in what we're trying to do and, and wanted to stay for another another year. Maya, uh, I know that uh, you're going to defer to the quality of your players and, and the teams when I ask this question, but um, uh, we're recording this on Monday night. Earlier today, the Big Sky Conference announced you as, as coach of the year uh, in the Big Sky Conference. And so we want to know, one, what was your reaction when you heard that news? And two, what does that mean for you uh, personally, as as maybe some validation for what you've been doing over the last few years at Weaver State. Yeah, um, it was funny because I didn't even know I was I was in my office working, and it was probably all of a sudden I got a text after text after text after text, and and I was like, what's going on in here? And so I opened up my phone. I had two recruits that texted me and that were kind of committed to us and and congratulating me. And I just said, huh? What are you guys talking about? And then I opened up my Twitter my only social media and had about 4 million, well, I shouldn't say 4 million, but like 20 notifications. And I'm not that cool on Twitter. So I didn't know what was going on in this. So then I realized what it was. And, and to be honest, it was, um, yeah, like my players are the reason why I get this. This is just a validation for all their hard work and, and believing in what we, the vision that we have. Um, when I was a player, my coach, who I think is one of the best coaches of all time, always said that, his players were the magic and that's how I feel about my players. They've worked hard. They believed in what we were doing. And because of that, I get a cool, cool award. In a conference where I have a lot of respect for a lot of the coaches, I think Lindsay Oates, Ken Murphy, um, Ruben Volta, I think Daniel Jones at Montana State, those guys are some really top quality coaches. So it's an honor to be listed with those guys, but more importantly, it's just an it's just validation that my players are pretty special and, and I'm grateful for, for what they've done to help us get where we're at. To me, the, the, the difference, or maybe I could say what I feel most around the program is, is, is that there's a culture there. Uh, you guys seem to have a very positive culture. I mean, is there, is there something that, that, that you can say that, that describes that? I mean, what, what makes culture is not something that just happens out of thin air, right? What what have you done specifically, or what what has made such a positive culture happen around Weber State volleyball? Well, I think we went out and recruited character kids. Um, we there was a lot of volleyball players that were interested in us, and and they were good good kids and good volleyball players. And we just really kind of honed in on some character traits, um, competitiveness, selflessness. Um, those were big things, and we just preached a culture of accountability selflessness, pride, and respect for one another. And no matter what would happen, we were going to go just put the best effort out on the court we could. And, and our kids bought on, bought into that. Um, I have wonderful leaders. Ashlyn's been a captain for us for like four years, I think. And, and Rye is just a, Ryland's just a pit bull out there who competes at a really high level, but is an incredibly wonderful teammate. And they really care for each other. And so I think there's a lot of positivity when it comes when you start caring more about the people around you more than yourself. And that's really what we preach every day is do you care more about others more than you care about your own self-interest? And, 
And I think that just bleeds into everything we do. And, and so I think the positivity comes from that. Um, and we just share messages of hard work and, and character and, and the kids just latch onto it and they, they just build this wonderful culture for people that are gonna come for a long, long time because of the type of kids we were able to bring in. So hope that answers your question. No, it is. And, and you, you can feel it. Like just, you know, the, the videos they did for you in the off season, kind of the, the Maya-isms, all that. Like you, you can 100% feel that, that everybody just cares for each other and wants each other to be successful. And to me, the lesson there, I mean, I, I know for myself, you know, I was only a high school athlete. I wasn't good enough to play college, but even, and even professionally, the best environments that I have been in have always been in situations where, where there really was teamwork, where people genuinely wanted everybody else around them to be better. Yeah, it's a really weird culture at some points because they also are very competitive. So talking trash is not something that doesn't happen, is, is something that happens in our gym quite a bit. And so there are some kids that are com confused by that when Rylan and Danny are getting after each other in the middle of practice because they're opposite sides of the net and they're competing, screaming that that ball was in or they touched it. But, but, they, but there's a cooperative competition in our gym that they understand that competition is going to rise all ships and, and it's going to make us better in the long run and they're going to respect each other and, their, and, and what they do. So it's a cool culture. It's unique. But the same, and I and I just love being in the gym every day with them because it's it's such a yeah such a unique way of training and competing. Coach, we know that uh, the team's going to open up on Wednesday in the Big Sky Tournament against Eastern Washington. Um, I haven't played Eastern Washington in a while. Uh, they were our first two games of the season. How have they? How has their team changed over the course of the year? And what can what can we expect uh, going from them come going into Wednesday's game? Yeah. For sure, I don't think they're the truest eight seed that we've ever seen. You know, I think they're pretty competitive. Um, they've changed some of their systems a little bit. They're instead of using one setter, now they're using two, which is going to bring about some unique challenges um, offensively against us. They put up a bigger, more formidable block. Um, they still serve extremely tough, which is kind of the nature of the big sky. Um, for sure, I think. They've gotten better. They're, they were a young team when we first saw them, and they've gotten a little more experienced. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a tough challenge. It's not your normal eighth seed. I think we were pretty surprised that they were there. So it's going to be a tough game. And then one follow-up question. I, I asked this question to Rylan last week, and I wanted to get your take on it as uh, as well. So, you know, we're all hoping that you're going to play three games in three days because that means you're going to be playing for a championship on Friday afternoon. What do you guys do in between games to kind of prepare for that next ne next opponent? How do you guys get together, you know, in a pretty quick manner, throw a scouting report together, and then get ready for who that team is you have, you have to face the next day? Yeah, I mean, we're pretty fortunate. Everybody on our half, we've played. You know, we haven't played. We've played, we played them already, and, and two of them we played pretty recently in Sacramento State and Northern Arizona. So we already have some scouting reports together. We've already actually watched some film on them just not look past Eastern Washington, but just to be prepared. So after the match, we'll, I think most importantly, we're just trying to rest our bodies. Three games in three days is um, is a lot. It's a huge undertaking in volleyball. And and so um, we're gonna try to get our bodies rested and, and we're gonna watch a lot of film. I mean, Ash will probably be with me 
quite a bit. Ashley, Ashlyn and Kate will be with me quite a bit trying to pick apart what they're going to do defensively against us. We're going to look back at what they did with us last time we played them. And we're just going to be really re well prepared. Um, but I think the biggest thing we try to prepare is not so much the tactical stuff, but what's going on in our heads and how we're handling um, the game that's about ready to come about because tournament time is different than any other time in the season because you lose, you get to go home. So we got to prepare them mentally as much, if not more than physically and tactically. So my, we, we've talked about the dominating nature that, uh, I mean, this has been a, a, an unprecedented season in Wildcat volleyball history. So uh, you guys lost only one match uh, and very, very few sets outside of that over the course of the season. Um, what's the pressure for you to dominate the, the conference tournament much like you dominated the regular season? Yeah, I don't know how much we have pressure ourselves on just dominating. I think, I think that's never been in our, in our mindset is to go out and dominate. We just want to play every ball as well and it's as smart as we can. Um, so domination is not is something that we have no control over, and we put very little emphasis on things we can't control. And so um, we, we're just going to go play our hardest and see what happens. Now there is a unique pressure situated behind us, which we are learning to to channel. I think pressure is a good thing. We want the pressure. We wanted to be in this situation where teams are coming after us. Um, and so, yeah, there is a unique pressure behind it, but it's not something we, we're, we're going to run away from. We're going to recognize it. And hopefully what it's going to do is make us more focused, more focused on the little things that we need to do to compete. Um, at the end of the day, whether we win the Big Sky Conference Tournament or not, it doesn't negate the fact of what a wonderful season this is. And so we want to try to make sure that even though our goal is to be going going in the NCAA tournament from winning the conference tournament, it's, it's not going to be this defining moment for us. How we play is going to be the defining moment that matters most of all. So coach, uh, one last question for me. I, yeah. I know clear, obviously you can't look ahead and you don't want to, but I, we thought it was interesting going into the men's basketball tournament that, all of the teams were kind of put on notice about what would happen if you if you won the tournament and went to the NCAA tournament. And there was some protocols around, like having to go directly to the neutral side. Have you guys? Do you guys have the same restrictions or protocols in place for volleyball? Uh, we not the same strict protocols. I don't. I'm unaware of what basketball is, but for sure we're we're going to get to come home and, and train for a couple of days before we head out there. But it's going to be a fast turnaround because I think there's a two or three day quarantine if we do head out there. And, and so it's going to be pretty quick, but um, we're not probably, it's probably not going to be win and then just fly to Omaha. So there's going to be a little time where we're, hopefully we can dodge some more viruses and whatnot. So. And coach, I just have, I have one last question as well. Um, it's more of a fill, fill in the blank, I guess, statement more than it is a question, but Weber State will be the Big Sky champions if they do what one thing? Serve and receive, man. I mean, that's something we've just been living off of. Um, our ability, we're the second best serving team in the league and the best receiving team in the league. Uh, when we receive serve, Ashland can do a lot of really fun stuff. And our outside hitters are pretty potent um, just to be able to pick that block apart and get Sam involved. I think there's been times where we're down 24, 23, or 23, 22, and there's something that clicks in those kids' heads, and we just side out. It's a, just a machine where we just side out, and we 
we can side out for seven, eight, nine rotations straight before we can get those points to take the lead. We saw that against Montana State 30-28 in one of those sets. And we've done that against, Mon against Northern Arizona, who's, I think, a really, really good volleyball team. We did that with them, too. So when we can side out because we receive at such a high level, um, we're really tough to, to stop because we just don't give up points. We don't give up real points. So that's going to be the kicker. If we can do that, then then we got a shot. If we don't pass the ball well and we don't serve tough, I think anyone, any team in the top five can beat us. Well, uh, Jeremiah, like you said, uh, all all eyes looking toward Wednesday and this uh, matchup against Eastern Washington, who, like John King noted, was the first team that we saw at the very beginning of the season. And so we'll see kind of what has changed with them. Uh, that match will be at 1 p.m. Uh, the tournament, will, like we have noted, it will be in Greeley, Colorado this year. So everyone will be making their pilgrimage there. And then uh, um, have a, a day of volleyball. And I, and I believe these matches are on Pluto TV. Do, do you know that? Yeah, all matches are Pluto TV. So 1 o'clock on Wednesday. If we win, I think it's 4 on Thursday. Yep, that is accurate. Yep. Uh, should the Wildcats win on Wednesday, then the next match will be at 4 p.m. on Thursday. So just a lot of just bam, 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 a lot of volleyball in the next few days. So I love it. Coach Gotta Jeremiah Larson. We, well, we definitely do. We've been watching you all all season and um, we really have appreciated you know, the quality of product that you all have put out. Uh, played really well, have been really gritty, I think. In uh, in a lot of games, you know, going down to nothing to nil and then coming back, roaring back to win a set, you know, a match three three two. So a lot of grit in this team. Good group for sure. Looking forward to that, Coach uh, Jeremiah Lyson. Uh, congratulations again on Coach of the Year, sure. and uh, we'll be watching right here from Ogden. Uh, wishing you the best of luck. We'll need it. Thank you so much. All right. We want to thank Coach Jeremiah Larson for coming on Weber State Weekly once again to talk a little bit about the upcoming volleyball tournament that will be held in Greeley, like we noted. Um, wish them the best of luck as they prepare for uh, a big weekend of volleyball and hopefully the culmination of everything they've been working for. So we'll be watching on Pluto TV from Ogden. Now we're going to get into our C block, which is hot, hot heat. Fellas, I have a, uh, how do I want to, I have a pyramid of uh, opportunities for you to give us hot takes. And as you give me your hot take, I'm going to give you a little grade. Uh, and then, oh, actually, I want you to give each give me your hot takes, and then I'm going to grade them at the end, give out you know points for each, and then uh, we're going to kind of graduate through the through the levels, and then whoever comes out with the most points at the end, sort of like a boxing match, that person gets 30 seconds of face time. Say whatever you want on Weber State Weekly to the fans. So let's get started. So I'm going to start us off with um, I wanted to. I didn't want to quite let men's basketball go quite yet. So I wanted to hear your hot takes about men's basketball. And I want to start with you, Dustin Chapman. Um, give me your hot basketball take, men's basketball. Okay. So here is my hot take for men's basketball. This is an NCAA tournament team next year. There's enough people coming back. There's enough uh, in the pipeline. I think Sigu is going to be phenomenal. I think that uh, with Kozak coming back, having another year, it's going to be a good year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just state it now. The expectation hopefully is to go to an NCAA tournament game, especially now that Eastern Washington's okay. coach is no longer there. Yeah. Half their team is in the portal. <laughs> I got, I got a spicy one for you. There have been some coaching turnover, uh, at the university of Utah, Utah's flagship university and Utah state, Utah's land grant university. My hot take is that Weber state is looking for a new head basketball coach before next season. 
That is a spicy take. Yeah, you're not lying. Okay. John King, how about you? Oh, man, this is a tough one. Um, so let's see here. Um, my hot take is more of a pipe dream, I think. But I, I, I think that there, I think that maybe there's still a chance that Isaiah Brown pulls his name out of draft consideration and possibly returns next year um, if he does not get the if he does not get the draft grade that he is looking for. That is a spicy take too. Uh, we recently did an interview with Isaiah Brown one on one, and uh, yeah, he indicated that yeah he's looking looking to move on. But uh, wow, that would be something if that were to happen. Looking at the grades here, I'm going to give Chappie a seven on his hot take. So he's got seven points so far. Sean gets a nine. Whew, that is just that is just smoking hot. I'm going to give John King an eight. That's a, that's a good one. All right, let's move on now to the second round. Now we're talking volleyball. We just got done talking with head coach uh, Jeremiah Larson, a little bit about the volleyball program. And um, I want to start with you this time, Sean Lewis. What's your volleyball hot take? I believe that uh, women's volleyball usually plays in the fall. Is that correct? Is it their traditional season? So I'm my hot take is that uh, with the announcement that all of our seniors and all of our stud basketball or volleyball players are coming back to run it back uh, after winning the regular season title this year, that not only do they repeat as Big Sky champions uh, and Big Sky conference tournament champions, so that's part one of my take is that they win two tournaments this year, but they also get a uh, NCAA tournament victory within the 2021 calendar year. John King, we're going to go to you. Well, I was thinking along the lines of, uh, of, of Sean Lewis. I'm not even worried about the big sky tournament this week because, you know, I, I, I just totally believe that it's a foregone conclusion that we're going to win the big sky tur- tournament th- this week. So I've already started looking ahead towards the NCAA tournament. And so with that being said, we're not going to win just one game in the NCAA tournament, but we're going to win two in one tournament. <laughs> oh man, he ones up. I love it. Okay. All right. How do I spice this up? Okay. With Coach Larson remaining at Weber State, within five years, this will be the premier women's volleyball program in the state of Utah. That is another really good one because man, they've got we've got some decent teams around here. And uh, oh man. Oh man. Guys, why are you making my job hard? This is hard. Oh, this is really hard. You know what? All right. Here are the grades. Sean Lewis gets a nine. Oh, he's just, he's on fire today, guys. He's oh. John King, John King gets an eight. Okay. And then Dustin Chapman gets a nine. Because, man, that's something. They, they got some good programs down south. So, man, okay. All right, guys. Now, now we're going to have the opportunity to move to the killing floor. We're going to talk about football. John King, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give your football hot take. So I think I said this on on a podcast. Um, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but I think that um, the Weber State Wildcats will be not one, but two time national champions by Christmas time next year. Sorry, well, just after Christmas time. Sorry, because the national championship is played um, after New Year's, but you all get the drift. Um, this spring season and the fall season, both national champions. 
That is a spicy take. It goes out from the way we played on Saturday. It's been a it's been it's been a little bit of a rough go for the offense. But all right, Dustin Chapman, we're gonna go to you. What's your spicy hot take for the men or for football? I am extremely glad that we won the game on Saturday. It was an all-time performance. It was an all-time finish. It was a lot of fun. We do not have a quarterback controversy on our hands. That is my hot take. It is uh, very apparent who the starting quarterback should be. And it's uh, after, after watching both of them now play and take snaps, it's the one with the uh, broken non-throwing hand. Man, oh man. Okay, pretty clear. I don't know how Chappie feels about that one. Sean Lewis, take us home. Give us your hot, hot take for football. I see what Chappie did there, and uh, not only do I see him, I'm going to raise him. Bronson Barron, by the time he is done at Weber State University, will be a Walter Payton Award champion. Okay. Okay. Guys, Sean Lewis today, man. <laughs> Well, guys, by three points, your winner, Sean Lewis. My goodness. Sean Lewis, your 30 seconds of FaceTime begins now. I, I just want to throw a shout out to uh, uh, Coach Jay Hill and the team. I didn't know how much I missed Weber State football and attending uh, football games in Elizabeth D. Shaw Stewart Stadium. Um, I have attended both home games now. I've got one more ticket to to go i've got the t mask tan lines to prove that i was in the sun on saturday watching a a beautiful finish to that game um i'm just glad that football is back and this isn't the hottest of takes but i'm glad that the big sky conference and, and weber state did what they could to be one of the teams participating this spring we could have been like the montana grizzlies and just sat out um uh, but we we did what we could to uh uh get the, the spring going and i'm grateful for that Definitely the case that, uh, like you said, um, a lot of tan lines going on right now where the masks are at. I was definitely a victim of that. Yeah, I can see it there. Not not so much here, not so much here, but right here. Yeah, you can see them for sure. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap this one up by uh, looking at the calendar. Um, uh, we we talked a little bit about the the volleyball tournament, which will begin on Wednesday. Uh, that will be that first match will be against Eastern Washington at 1 p.m. That'll be on Pluto TV. Should the Wildcats win Thursday, April 1st at 4 p.m. would be the next match for them also on Pluto TV. And should they win that match Friday, April 2nd at 8 p.m. will be the championship game. Also that day, women's soccer will be making the trip up to Pocatello to take on Idaho State. That game will be at 7 p.m. as well. They didn't say if these matches would be on Pluto TV or not uh, in the app. Uh, but I feel like most of the time soccer gets filmed. Do you, is that is that your guys' sense? Yeah, yeah. John King shaking his head yes, and so I think I think that that is the case. So be watching for Pluto TV for some of those, even though the app doesn't necessarily say that. Then Saturday, April third, uh, softball will be uh, hosting Colorado State for a doubleheader, twelve p.m. and two p.m. Both should be on Pluto TV. And the big one, football will be down in Cedar City at SUU, two p.m. Most of us will be making that trip, so looking forward to that. And then a couple of other games to, to mention, women's soccer at Idaho State at 1 p.m. on Sunday. And softball will be coming up to Ogden to play, or uh, Utah Valley will be coming up to Ogden to play softball at 4 p.m. 
So with that, we're going to wrap up the show like we usually do. Um, if you have questions, comments, please feel free to email us at weberstateweekly at gmail.com. Uh, we're on social media, like we mentioned at the top of the show. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team, especially on game day. And we've got a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash weberstateweekly to support us and our coverage of Weber State. And we've got a great blog with some good pieces lately. Uh, go to weberstateweekly.com and check out some of those. And also look for some of our work on kslsports.com. We've been recently posting some of our work there, and uh, we've got a partnership in the works. So um, check out some of the stuff that we've been posting there. So we're going to wrap this one up, guys. Appreciate everybody for taking the time. And I'm going to say it like I usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great. Great. Go Wildcats. <laughs> Weber State Weekly is a Deep State Media production. It's produced by Colby Peterson. It's directed and edited by Dan Martinez. 